and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. I am joined by the one and only Michael Sartain. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. I have known Michael for years, through dating, through the social network here in Austin. We've got so many mutual friends, and of course, I consider him a friend myself. But Michael has gone on over the last two years, year and a half? Yeah, uh, I'm on episode 89, so and I've had like six weeks off, so about 96 weeks I've had a podcast. That's amazing. So um, Michael has gone on to create one of the leading podcasts um, in the space where he helps people understand how to be a man of action, which is actually the product off the back of it, but talking about high status. Um, it's filmed in Vegas, right? In Las yeah. Vegas, yeah. where Michael is essentially the king of Vegas, going out there, organizing social events um, and helping people increase their status. So, dude, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the of show. Of course, man, yeah. Dude, you're amazing. Um, how many people tune in and listen to your podcasts? Uh, so it's hard to say. So here, here's the thing, because the, the, the topic was how to scale your social media network. The podcast, it's probably 440,000, just the podcast. That means the entire three-hour podcast, right? 440,000 people. Yeah, so, yeah. so well, I don't, it, that's the impressions. That's about Makes unique sense. impressions, right? Yeah. Um, on TikTok, it's 38 million. And on um, YouTube, uh, I'm trying to remember totally. Or, no, on Instagram, it's 2.4 million. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, across all the platforms, it's just a ton. Yeah, yeah. You, you have done what almost every wannabe influencer slash entrepreneur wishes they could have done. So, you know, first of all, I love the fact that you're here. I'm sure we could learn a lot from you. What are people doing wrong? What should they be doing if they want to be, you know, the Michael Sartain of fitness or of whatever industry? So, so here's the crazy part, right? If you guys know who How to Beast is or Casey Neistat, the reason why I bring these two guys up is because they're going to do a 10 to 12 minute video. And uh, so, like How to Beast, he'll put a million dollars worth of production into one video. It'll be 12 minutes long. And what you'll think is his video that's 12 minutes is easier to produce than my four hour interview of Ty Lopez, Rolo Tomasi, or uh, Adam Sosnick, or whoever, I, uh, Andrew Tate, or Dan Bilzerian, whoever I interview. But the reality is my four hour interview is effortless. It really is easy to do. Then I send it to my editors, some guy in Nepal, some guy in Nigeria, whoever you choose your editors, and they might even use some sort of AI software to pick out the clips. They're gonna pick out 10 10 minute clips or five minute clips, and they're gonna pick out 10 90 second shorts that are gonna be my shorts on YouTube, they're gonna be my TikToks, and then they're gonna be my reels on Instagram, and I can post them on Twitter, all these different platforms. And in doing so, what happens is in a very, efficient way, costing very little money, I end up with 20, 30, 40 pieces of content. Instead of what a lot of people do is, I'm gonna write out a script, bullet points, everything has to be filmed perfectly. What I, like I did, not last week, but the week before, there was a 14 day period where I did 13 podcasts, meaning I did Fresh and Fit three times, I did Jedediah Bila, I did Adam Sostek, I did like five other podcasts that week. And I just kept throwing content out there over and over again till, till my team was just flooded with stuff. In doing so, every single one in the description is going to have a link that's gonna go back to my business. I have no sponsors for my 
program, by the way. We do about 600,000 a month with our, with our coaching program. So the coaching program pays for the podcast. And also it's a tax write-off too. I mean, obviously we, if you do it like that, but that's the easiest way that we found to do it is just tons of content. Just keep churning out as much content as possible. Where did I learn this from? I learned this from Pearl Davis. I learned, obviously the, the king of doing this, the guy who broke the mold, no matter what you think of him is Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate had about over a thousand affiliate sites that were collating his content. The content that he was doing was feeding into a low ticket offer that uh, was called Hustle University. They were give, they were selling it for $47, $49 a month and half of the profits were going back to the affiliates. So the affiliates were making uh, uh, site after site after site. We don't have thousands. We maybe have t 20 or 30 different affiliate sites. They get 10% from uh, selling our product and they keep put that, this is the reason why I got 38 million impressions on um, TikTok last month was because of all the affiliate sites. So that's the main thing. Instead of having everything be perfect, you're just constantly going, by the way, every single person in here, if you have a podcast, I will go on your podcast. Guarantee you, no questions asked. I don't care if you have zero fucking subscribers and I will do four hours, no questions asked. You don't even have to tell me what the questions are. Um, and that's, that's just the willingness to do that. I have a buddy of mine right now. He's got about, he's got over 30 million followers on Instagram. You guys probably figure out who he is. And he's starting his own dating product. And I tried to explain to him, I was like, I know you think just because you're popular, this is gonna do well. You're gonna have to do hundreds of podcasts for free in order to make this actually sell. And I tried to explain it to him that that's the sort of the thing you have to do. So that's the model I you know, f uh, I followed what Rolo Tomasi did. I followed what Andrew Tate did. Andrew's a friend of mine. So we text every once in a while. I followed what Justin Waller did, all these guys and the way they were able to build their programs up to, you know, at one point they were doing 20 million a month. The way they did that was from doing as much content as possible, having that content cut into 90 seconds, uh, clips and then into 10 minute clips. All right, so let, let's dig into the, so I love that by the yeah. way. Everyone here, that's a playbook right there. You should have written it down, you should be doing it. Um, and I like how, how easy and simply explained it. Um, I'm gonna dig in some details just to make sure they get it. Uh, you mentioned finding an editor, Nepal, Nigeria. Where do you recommend people find those people? Is there like a specific website or a specific way to approach hiring them? Um, it's it's really rough. Like I, the, the thing for me is the thing that makes it very difficult is I get 100 people a month. I'm not kidding. Offer to do short form content for me. Uh, what I need to see, what I would recommend for you guys is there's so much chaff right now. There's so many people trying to get into that industry. They need to show me. Um, quality thumbnails and they need to show me quality videos that they've already put out. The other thing you can do is actually find affiliate sites that have your content and they're just doing awesome and you just ask them who they hired. But for me, I don't know if you guys know who Pearl Davis is, super controversial uh, a, a girl, the redheaded girl who talks about Manosphere stuff. She just gave me her, her contact and she was like, this is who we're gonna use. And the thing I do is I rarely try to build from where I am to success. I start from success and work backwards. So like with these guys, like my, my two partners, that will come up with an idea and I'll be like, no, Andrew did this. I wanna start from here and move backward. And I know sometimes it's frustrating, but for me, because I know Pearl Davis went from having 10K followers to 1.4 million in less than a year, we're gonna do exactly what she did. We're gonna copy, we are a whore to what works. So we're gonna copy exactly what she did and work backwards and that's the reason, that's what we've done and it's been successful. Is it as successful as her? No, but I bet you, I bet you we're making more money per viewer than she is. So I, from that standpoint, it works. So that that's the main thing that I found is, um, just a ton of content. The other thing, the other, there's a couple of things you guys need to realize. The more content you put out, those platforms reward you for it, right? So is there a way to get a ton of organic content on YouTube? It's hard right now. YouTube is not in the organic phase anymore. It, you, it's pay to play there. Instagram, Facebook, same thing. It's pay to play there anymore. One of the funny things I, I used to do as a uh, Bulzarian, he would, 
he would post a picture on Instagram and then the same picture he'd post on Facebook. And on Instagram, it would get 600,000 likes and on Facebook, it would get 100. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. Like it showed that Facebook was completely done with its organic mm. uh, a part of its growth, totally done, and now it was pay to play. And so you're starting to see that. So who's not done with the organic growth? TikTok, TikTok, you can still grow organically without having to pay for it. Uh, Rumble is like that too. And some of these places like TikTok and Rumble, if you have like, um, I don't really care, I have no opinion on this whatsoever, but if you have a hyper-conservative viewpoint and a lot of these other platforms are not going to like your viewpoint, then you can go to those places and be safe with those ideas on those two platforms specifically. Dude, I love that. And there's uh, something that I want to just emphasize here. Michael keeps mentioning Rumble. Raise your hand in the room if you're on Rumble or know what it is. Raise your hand if you have no idea what it is. Everyone that just raised your hand, if you thought there was no point doing TikTok, there was no point doing Facebook, there was no point doing YouTube, you're probably thinking right now there's no point doing Rumble. When somebody who is growing their platform immensely is repeatedly mentioning a platform you haven't heard of, this is the time to get on it because otherwise everyone else is gonna do it and then you're gonna be like, oh, I should have done that. Yeah. So also, that's big. Rumble gives you 90% of your super chats. Uh, Facebook or YouTube gives you 70%. So that's another thing that's really important. Some of these platforms you can actually, you get higher. So like if you make $2,000, uh, on, um, on, on YouTube doing live streams, you're only gonna keep uh, you know, 1400 bucks of that. And on, uh, it's gonna be a higher percent, 1800 bucks if you do it on Rumble. So that's why a lot of people like that. There, there is a problem with Rumble, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a hyper conservative person, but there's a lot of extremely misogynistic, very ugly people in the comments who are gonna say horrible things and the platform will never suspend them. So there's a plus and minus for going to that content. I will tell you guys, like, I wish I could do a podcast on nothing but just like, astrophysics, I wish I could talk about space exploration, I wish I could talk about economics. All these people wanna hear about is men and women, sex, all that kind of shit. That's all they wanna hear about. They wanna hear me talk about Andrew Tate, they wanna hear me say controversial shit about Russia. That's all they wanna hear is me talk about steroids and testosterone. That, it's really one of these things where my audience keeps telling me what will go viral. I keep wanting to for different things to go viral, but they keep telling me, no, this is what we want you to talk about. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. So. So you're gonna sort of like talk about dating and astrophysics yeah, together. I would, I would love, I would love to do, dude. I did. I had a four-hour podcast where I debated flat earthers, and I really, honestly, like it got thousands of comments. It's just flat earthers just bashing me constantly, personal insults for years. To this day, it's been two years, and all they do is just make personal attacks against me constantly. And but it didn't really get that many views. It's crazy. It's like the entire flat Earth community just attacks me because of that. Because I have a degree, I have a minor in astrophysics from UT Austin, and I crushed every single one of their arguments, which is not difficult to do because it's flat Earth. It's stupid. Uh, so I did that whole thing, and they just attacked me. Now, why would I do that? Why would I? I'm, I'm debating a Holocaust denier on August first. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick Fuentes. I'm Holocaust well, denier. Yeah, yeah. I'm debating. So why would I do that? Why would I take on a Holocaust denier? Why do I take on flat Earth? <laughs> why am I debating numerologists and astrologers? Why am I debating people who think the we didn't land on the moon because it's not a risk to me. My program is made for people who are rational, who want to make money, get in better shape, get better with women and get better at networking. People who have a victim mentality who would believe in this nonsense would never buy my product. So it is literally an arbitrage situation. It is no risk to me to, if you are stupid enough to believe in flat earth, I have no, there's no way you're ever gonna buy my product. So I, there's no, reason for me to worry about offending you. Does that make sense? So when we, when we get into situations like that, it's not, it's not really an issue. So a lot of times I'll debate people who are so far out of my industry, but it, it, it gets me tons of mentions, tons of hate likes on uh, t uh, Twitter. Twitter's gonna be the most 
acrimonious. The comments on Twitter, just turn them off. Like, it's horrible. The stuff that people say about you. Instagram, they're going to be nicer to you because they see your face. Instagram is more of a, uh, it's not wholesome, but you, it's really hard on Twitter. You're just an egg and you can just talk shit about people behind their back. On Instagram, you can't so much so that you'll see people be a lot nicer to you on that platform. My, uh, my granddad went to a concentration camp. Yeah. I'm just laughing about the Holocaust. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I love the argument that flat earthers make when they go, we have support all across the globe. Yeah, all that's, across. Uh, the, that's my favorite one. Every corner of the globe. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so, so here's something that I'm, I'm super interested in. So somebody's listening saying that, like, okay, I want to get this going. I want to do it. They start filming a podcast four hours long. They put it up on YouTube. Yeah. They get it cut up and put it everywhere. How do they get those initial views? Where are they going to come from? Uh, so the thing for me, I'll tell you, it's really, it's really ugly that it works this way. But you're going to understand we're all hairless murder apes. People are very shallow. Uh, I will get 20x more impressions from my clips on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, TikTok than I will on YouTube. The actual four hour, again, most of you remember Elon Musk smoking a blunt on Joe Rogan. 100 times more people remember the image of it or the 30 second clip than actually listen to the entire four hour thing. So you need to understand it's like, it's almost like there's this, you have this, this scrap heap of information that you can pull from and then make 90 second clips out of. That's what happens every time you do one of the four hour podcasts. Now here's the other part of it. If someone makes it to the whole four hours, they're gonna fucking buy your product. If they make it through the whole four hours, they have given you a pound of flesh. That pound of flesh is their attention. And you'd be surprised. The other thing I'll tell you right now is if you can do like, we're doing a live stream. Uh, one of the big things I talk about in my program is teach the thing while you're doing the thing. So we're doing a live stream on my YouTube channel right now while we're doing this, and we're gonna cut this up and we're gonna make clips out of it. When you, when you do that uh, repeatedly, the other thing that YouTube loves are live streams. You're gonna find 10X more engagement on a live stream than you will just doing stuff that's pre-recorded. So now think about, from my standpoint, I watch, um, I watch Lex Friedman, I watch Joe Rogan, and I watch, um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, 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 Andrew Hubberman. Those are like my three, three of my favorite guys to watch. They're all pre-recorded. They don't do any live streams. If somebody says crazy shit, they mute it out. If somebody says buzzwords they don't want to hear, uh, they, they'll mute those things out. But now YouTube is like rewarding you for live streams. You're very likely to get unmonetized if you say certain words, but the live streams get 10x the engagement of everything else. So now here you went from Casey Neistat spending 30 hours of uh, and thousands of dollars to edit some content or how to beast. And now what is YouTube rewarding you for? Four hours streaming, no editing, on there talking, no multicam. By the way, my podcast, if you guys see my podcast, what do you guys think we film on? Anybody want to take a guess? No? A7S is what do you guys think we film with Reds? We film with iPhone 10s. We have five iPhone 10s that hang from the ceiling with, on these little robotic arms. That's it. That's all we film with, iPhone 10s and 1080. That's it. So people come into my studio and they're stunned. They're like, how do you do this? Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares that it's in 4K. Nobody cares about any of this stuff. So get as much content out as you possibly can. Initially, I think that's probably the best thing I can tell you. Dude, yeah, I mean, this is fabulous. And just so you guys know, like- Hold on, hold on a Yeah, of course. Colla the, other, the other part, collaborations. Yeah, get as, <laughs> get, again, like I said, I've, I've probably been the first episode of probably 20 people's podcasts. I don't care. I will go on your I will go on your podcast. No questions asked. If you guys want to go in there and ask me for three and a half hours about the war in Ukraine, I will absolutely talk about it. It's no questions asked. Or literally on quantum mechanics, I'll talk about it for three and a half hours. So yeah. I really want to talk about the war in Ukraine because yeah. I, I do I do know that I raised money for that. Oh, did you? Yeah. So yeah. when Russia first in, invaded Ukraine, yeah. um, so my family's um, Ukrainian. Yeah. And so I wanted to do something and I wanted to prove that the smart blueprint works. Yeah. So I didn't have a charity, I didn't have anything. 
but I wanted to take action. So on that day, I found an orphanage in Ukraine that had a problem because the government stopped funding orphanages because they're gonna go to war and they couldn't feed the kids. And so I said, I knew the guy and I was like, yo, I'm gonna raise money for you. I've never done a charity, let's go. And within, uh, within a week, I generated $620,000 for orphans in Ukraine. As part of that, I ended up in a secret WhatsApp group with uh, mercenaries that were volunteering to fight. And I found myself helping logistically with all these things because the mercenaries were taking the kids out. Yeah. And so they would go there to set up a position. And I, so I knew where the positions were. It was the craziest thing. And I'm like in the chat, I'm still in the chat today. Um, I, I never left, but, um, but handling it. So I was super involved in the whole thing and learned so much about it. But it, for me, it was really just an experiment to prove I could do it. You guys wanna know a little cheat code? You get a hundred free comments right now. Legit, there won't be legitimate comments. Post anything on Instagram or YouTube saying that Russia is losing the war, which they are losing the war. Post anything on there, you will get tons of these Russian bots explaining to you about all kinds of conspiracies. They'll explain to you how there's UN bunkers built in Kiev, all this nonsense. They'll go on forever about how the, 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 the Sukhoi 57 is stealth and, and the, the Russians have, have, have hypersonic missiles, just lies, just constant. They're just droves of lies. If you guys ever look at Sandbox News and look at the bottom, it's just nothing but these Russian bots. If you post anything about Russia winning the war and you will get tons of comments, just absolute, con just ridiculous comments. Is crazy. So I, I love hearing this. And, and for everyone, everyone that's watching, um, you know, we, we're taking advice from Michael on, on our next podcast. Um, so we're super excited to, to learn from that and piece it together. So what would you anticipate paying somebody to cut out these shorts? Like, because I know that's a common question I get, a new entrepreneur, they're like, well, how much money am I for to pay somebody to, to do these cuts? These I can tell you two years ago, it probably would have been five, 7,000 a month. And now it's less than 2,000. It's like, you can get, you could probably get somebody really good for 500 bucks, like from Nepal, Nigeria, someplace like that. Really easy to do that. Um, the other thing I'd tell you on Instagram, if uh, I would pay someone to get rid of crappy followers. I know a lot of people, there was this big, there was this big push for guys to just like big dick each other by sh showing how many fucking followers they had. Get rid of that. You want as few followers as you can that engage anything with a Cyrillic alphabet, anything with an Arabic alphabet, any followers from pretty much from Brazil, India, or Indonesia, I would just get rid of them. I would pay someone to get rid of those followers. You'll notice that your engagement will skyrocket when you do that. Because the reason why is uh, Instagram will show your content to 2% of your followers. And if those 2% include a bunch of people with Portuguese uh, letters in there who are not really engaging with you, they're just part of a click farm, you're just wasting those impressions. If all of your impressions were just people who actually followed you, this is by the way, any of you guys under 10K followers, don't listen to this, this is not really gonna help you. But once you get over 10K, uh, if you just got rid of any of those bot followers, you're gonna notice your, your, you'll double your engagement on everything like that. The other thing is the buying the fake followers. Real quick, when you guys are gonna do business with somebody and you see, you guys have all seen the person who sells NFTs or Forex and has 200,000 followers and, and a Lamborghini on their thing and they get 100,000 likes a post. Just go look at their comments and you're just gonna see fire emojis and just nonsense. Go to Social Blade, you can literally see the day they bought all their followers. I just don't do business with people. Like, like I don't mind that. If you wanna buy followers to, to like show that your business is cool, that's fine. But like frequently I have people approach me and they'll be like, hey, I wanna do your podcast. And they'll have 400,000 subs and then you go see them on YouTube and they have like 22 views a post. Cause you can see their, their shit is not real. You, if you're real, you should be real on every platform. Does that make sense? Often the biggest 
the most views anyone gets on their podcast is when they interview me. Now, obviously, if you interview Andrew, that's going to be the biggest anybody will get. Uh, yesterday, he did one, and he's got six and a half million views in one day. But like, you're going to see stuff like that. You're going to see it transfer amongst different stuff instead of what you'll get often is, th this is a real big problem I see, is guys who are in solar, guys who are in NFTs, guys who are in crypto, they don't do the work to build their own brand. So they're just trying to buy followers and buy likes, and then they want to come on your show, and they're just like, no one's going to watch. That's the, that's the issue. So finding the legitimacy of something someone's doing or finding someone who's incredibly interesting. Like Dr. David Buss over here at UT Austin, one of the most interesting speakers I've ever heard. He doesn't even have a YouTube. He doesn't have an Instagram. Getting guys like that on your show are just really, really incredible. Getting interesting people on, probably the most important thing. Yeah, and I love this one. I think this is something that's worth thinking about. If you're in an industry that, you, you know, you might be thinking, well, I can't tackle the topics Michael's covering, right? Let's just say you are in real estate, or I know I have a lot of uh, mortgage people or fitness people uh, that follow me. For you people, it's actually very easy to talk about dating in that industry. Yes. It's very easy to talk about um, how is the war in Russia affecting your industry. And when you take that, you are niching down, but it does enable you to have someone like Michael come on as a guest and talk about dating within your industry or talk about astrophysics within your industry, uh, which we'd rather talk about. But so you can tackle controversial topics while still maintaining the integrity of whatever your brand is that you're doing. Um, and so I, I think it's really important because I just know, I work with so many entrepreneurs, I know the mindset. You're gonna have this mindset of, oh, that's great for them, but that would never work in XYZ industry. And you're actually wrong because no matter what industry you're in, people are still dating. I was on a, I was on a podcast for dads yesterday. It's like a dad podcast. And in the middle of the podcast, he goes, yeah, a lot of our dads are single. And I was like, do you ever address that? He's like, not really. And it shifted into dating right yeah. there and then. I was like, okay, well, let's talk about how you can help a, a single dad with dating. Um, and it became a huge topic and there was almost tears, yeah. not mine. Um, so yeah, so I, I love that. All right, so you find your person, you're paying two grand a month, they're gonna cut it up. You're gonna make a commitment to record uh, once a week for four hours in a single- uh, It doesn't have to be four hours. Two hours is fine. Two 90 hours. minutes is fine. An hour and 15 is fine. If you wanna do 45 minutes, that's fine. That's fine. If you wanna do 30 minutes, it's fine. It's just for me, one of, my, one of my goals, if you watch my interview with him, it is the podcast of record. Everyone I interview, it is the one they're going to like, when Wikipedia looks up Adam Lyons, they're going to go to my podcast that well, I think the one we did is two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. There's more detail in my episodes than anyone will do. I have the podcast of record for Ty Lopez, the one for Dan Bilzerian. No one has ever interviewed Dan Bilzerian to the level of detail that I have. No one will ever interview because I'm a friend of his. So that's one of the things I do that's specific on my show. Other people will do 40 minutes on whatever new thing you've got coming on. I wanna know about your mom and dad abusing you. Like I, we go deep, deep your fucking breakups, bankruptcies. I go heavy, heavy into things no one would ever ask you. Uh, I already have like 85 questions. I'm probably going to go to Romania and interview Andrew Tate. I already have 85 questions no one's ever asked him that I'm going to do on that podcast, but that's me. I'm different in the, and then I do a surgical level of, of stuff on there. And then what happens is by the end of it, people start getting super honest with you. And that's where the, the clips that do 2 million views, that's where they come from. Um, how often should somebody be posting on Instagram or, or Twitter on this, these things? This is great. So uh, you guys know who, um, uh, uh, 10X rule. Well, I can't remember his name. Grant Grant, okay, yes, so Grant Cardone, right? So Grant Cardone, um, he was before all of us. So my, my cohort would be like Wes Watson, Brad Lee, uh, Dan Fleischman, uh, Ryan Stuman. Like those are, that, those, that's my clique, right? Um, and so Grant is sort of like a level up from all of us, right? He makes way more money than all of us. That makes 10 million a month. 
So Grant was saying something to the effect of, uh, he was posting like 10 times a day on Facebook and all these other platforms. One time Brad Lee calls him, he goes, dude, I'm gonna have to like unfollow you. You post too much. And, and uh, Grant says something to him like, you don't, you don't buy shit, motherfucker. And then hangs up the phone on him. <laughs> and the truth is, we thought we were gonna overdo it. I had Pearl Davis on, she does 30 shorts a day a day over 10 different channels. Now, for you guys might say that sounds very expensive. It's not super expensive, it's time expensive. It's like very tedious. Again, one more thing, guys. There are, there's a new, it's called Osprey, or uh, I can't remember which one it is. It's an AI platform that basically finds the most viral clips in your three-hour podcast and it makes them into 90-second clips. Pretty awesome, awesome stuff. I've, we've used it a couple of times. It's been spot on. Uh, so far, but like when you when you do that kind of stuff, there is no oversaturation. From what we found, what, what right now we're doing um, two clip, two shorts and two clips a day on YouTube, and we're doing three reels a day on Instagram. That's about where we are. The reason why I choose those numbers is because that's what Brad Lee's doing. Brad Lee spends forty thousand a month on his social media. So whatever he's doing, we just copy. We, we are a whore to what works, guys. We do not give a shit about what happened last month. We do whatever the new thing is. You guys remember people were posting these really cool photos on their Instagram, on their grid, and now everybody switched over to Reels. We switched to Reels super fast. Didn't even think twice about it. Um, social, rule number four, MOA, social media is fake, and I'm okay with that because the money's real. That's the, th that's the way you have to look at it. You guys, each one of you internally are going to have an internal set of morals and values. That's good. Keep those. Don't lose those. On social media, fuck that. All that's gone. Don't forget all that shit. All of it is fake. You're gonna go on there. Oh no, Michael, I'm trying to be authentic. Did you show a picture of the dump you took this morning? No, you didn't. You didn't, did you? Because you don't care about that. That is not what people want. They want the. They want to be informed. They want to be entertained. Right? They want to. They want to laugh. Or they, you know, that's what they all. That's the only thing you want to post on there. No negativity. Stay away from the fuck. Like any of the guys who do the. You know, the Rothschilds are coming to get you in the Illuminati. That stuff does not sell units. You can post that and you'll go viral, but you will, that does not move units. Talking about the Rothschilds and the, and the Kennedys and the, and the fucking the Car Carnegies or whatever, that shit does not move units, okay? Anything about the jabs and the pandemic, that shit doesn't move units. You don't sell shit from that. So I really stay away from that content. Personally, that's just, my, that's just the, the way I look. I'll, I'll debate people on that, but other than that, I, I kind of stay away from it. I just do whatever goes viral. The other thing I'll tell you, somebody here is from debt, reconsolidation, somebody's here is an accountant, somebody here does all kinds of different consulting. Go on TikTok, I guarantee you there's at least one person who is viral on TikTok doing whatever boring business you have. I don't care if you have coin-operated washing machines. There's somebody on TikTok, her name is Cody Sanchez, by the way. She, there's somebody has uh, viral videos on that boring business you have on TikTok, rip off everything they're doing. So and this, there's so much here that I, I wanna share with you guys, which I think is very important. So number one, uh, we email our mailing list multiple times a day. For what everybody else is on social media, we are via email. We have 350,000 emails. We email absolutely, like I said, like consistently. Um, how many times do you think you should email a day? Raise your hand if you think you have the answer. What do you guys think? Once? Yeah, so you, you can, there's actually no limit. You can email two to five times a day and that's absolutely fine. You know what happens if you email twice a day? you make like 50% extra revenue. You just make more money. I'll explain why. You're paying with email, unlike social media, you pay for them to be on your email list and you pay to email them. When you email them frequently, more than normal, they will unsubscribe. When they do that, they save you money, leaving you with an email list of buyers that open every email. 
the title, and this is great, like your social media, you're tidying up, your email will self-regulate itself. They will get off that email. As they do that, they reduce your cost and increase your revenue because the people left buy more. There are people that will use your email like a social media feed. Yeah. They will go back and look for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you can absolutely cultivate that. Now I'm gonna blow you away with something. Uh, Brittany is, is somebody that helps us with our emails. Uh, me and Brittany worked together on a separate project and we had the highest click-through rate of an email I have ever seen. Do you remember the statistic, what it was, that one email that we did the first time we did the... 71% click-through rate to tens of thousands of people, 71% clicked through. So I know what you guys are thinking. What the hell did we put in that email that 71% of people that read the email went, I'm gonna click. You'll never guess it, because I never predicted it. Dude, unsubscribe would be amazing, wouldn't it? No, they, they clicked through to, to the offer. In every email you're told, direct them to one location. Well, me and Brittany thought, what if we direct them to every location? So we wrote an email that had a link to everything. Here's our social media, here's our other social media, here's, you can buy something here, here's a cool article online, I made this video, you'll love this. It was just an, a list of all the things they might be interested in. And I thought maybe we'll get a bump, or we thought maybe 71% click-through rate. Because when you send an email, they open the email hoping to see what they want to see, but if the one thing you're promoting in that email isn't what they want, then they go away. If you've got 20 things, they're gonna read through, oh, that's the one I'm interested in, they'll click on it. So it, just like social media, by the sounds of it, it's counterintuitive. The more you communicate, the more you do things, the better it is. From a business perspective, it actually makes sense from the social media platform. Netflix's revenue goes up, the more they upload new content. Yeah. If they stop uploading new content, you'll stop logging into Netflix and you're gonna cancel your subscription. So it sounds like what you guys are confirming um, is, a, is a theory to me, but, but now makes sense. The more you post, it can only be better because the algorithm is like, this guy's always got new content. His content's always interactive. We need to make sure everyone sees this guy. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things, like I said, having multiple channels feed back to one channel is something that's worked really well. You mentioned before about adults being ahead of everyone else. So uh, I was in Miami one time and I wanted, uh, somebody was inviting me to do interviews at XBiz, whatever the thing that, I didn't even yep. know, know what it was. So I apply for a media badge. I get five emails a day from them. You have five a day. I've had, I forgot to unsubscribe. At some point I'm gonna, there's no unsubscribe button, but I was like, yeah, the, the, the adult industry is already doing it. Yep. And that's probably something we need to be doing. But yeah, having multiple channels feedback, we're gonna, I, I just hit 55,000 subs. So we're gonna probably start a second channel, just clips and have the clips channel feedback to the main channel. They let you do collabs like that. Um, on social media. The other thing I'll tell you that really helps is anytime you do a collab, you know, you tag the other people in the collab, you'll have an open thread with that person. There, they they share it. IG story is one of the greatest inventions of all time. It's really great. Also tagging people in reels. That's another thing that's that's awesome. But I mean, there's just so many ways to do it. But my, my whole thing is when you make a 90 second clip in up and down version, whatever it's called a uh, portrait, when you do this, you can put that on TikTok, you can put that on Shorts, and you can put that on IG Reels. Those are the main three, but you can also put it on Twitter. You can also put it on Snapchat. You can also put it on um, just a bunch of different platforms like that. You put it on YouTube, yeah. Dude, I, I love this. And I think like, you know, I, I think for everybody here, whatever industry you're in, if you don't have a social media machine going, you don't have a podcast going, like, and, and that's definitely the theme of saying like, you, you really should get it going. And I think it would pay to be the person that discusses the personal topics in your industry, right? To discuss what is it like 
you know, dating and um, tackling, uh, you know, uh, economic issues and political issues when you are an insurance agent. Like, that's kind of cool. That's going to be a lot more interesting as a podcast than any other insurance agency podcast. So, you know, to give you guys a theme, I think that's a no-brainer. The amount of content you get out there is clearly a lot more than, uh, than any of you think. Um, in terms of responding to comments, is that something you guys do? Uh, I do. I will tell you, it just depends on the platform. Like on TikTok, it's impossible. There's just no way. And they're all negative. If you write, if you do a TikTok just talking about how something is terrible, all the positive com comments will be positive. It's one of the dirtiest, nastiest places I've ever seen. Instagram is the opposite. Twitter is pretty bad. Uh, it just depends. I use, I did for a while uh, go after them, uh, but not so much anymore. I just, from David Goggins, I watched him and he's like, dude, I just can't, I don't have time to like go after all these commenters. Initially, I would try to do it. Um, but the, the problem is, you know, for the longest time, I would challenge the guys who were saying negative stuff. And then it did, Dan Fleischman just told me one day, he's like, dude, just delete and block and delete. That's it. That's all you can do. And so that that's helped out a lot. Um, that's definitely one of the things that, that I'll say as far as answering comments. If they're positive comments, again, if you guys are doing, uh, you know, debt relief, you're not going to get a ton of negative comments. So it's not really going to be that big of a deal. So I would probably, um, yeah, I would probably respond to all of those. But the non-sexy stuff, like I said before, the trick is go on TikTok. I promise you someone is blowing it out of the water, making funny videos about tax write-offs. I promise you, for those of you that, I don't care how boring your business is, someone is making funny videos about it. I don't care if you lay aluminum siding, there are funny videos about that shit. Uh, so go find those and, and just copy as much stuff as you can. And it will just, it'll blow you away. What, all that stuff. Um, what affiliate platform are you guys using? I know you mentioned a lot of the, the sales and traffic is coming from affiliate, uh, from you guys redoing it. Uh, it's built-in-house. Yeah, it's, he so built, built it. Yeah, Graham built it-in-house, yeah. Nice. yeah there, there, there are ready-made affiliate platforms that you can make. But for us, it's real simple. It's just name, email, and uh, PayPal account. And then if we, you sell one of our courses, then we then we uh, we push it out that way. So that that's the way it works. Also, we're collate, they're collating our content. What you can't do is have people give testimonials about a program they haven't taken. That is against the law. You cannot do that. But what you can do is have me talk about some crazy stuff, and then from that you click the link to go to MOA, and then you go down our men of action is the name of my course, and then it goes down our funnel. And then if they buy it that way, that's totally fine. You can do that. So that that's another thing I would tell you. Um, but yeah, just massive amounts of content, collaborations, and also do the thing you say you're doing it while you're doing it. Like, like if you if you're it's a situation where like for me, um, I I teach a networking course. While I'm doing the networking course, sometimes on the calls, I will literally say, Hey man, let me just call up someone. Like, they'll ask a question. What do you think Justin Waller says about that? And I'll get him on the Zoom call while I'm doing it. Another thing I really love is Zoom calls with hundreds of people in there doing Q and A's for four and a half hours. Don't stop till it ends. Do the whole thing on live stream. Uh, and just give, just bear yourself open to say, I am absolutely confident that I am better at solving this problem than anyone else in the world. A third thing I'll tell you, this, this has really helped for us, is I teach networking as an evolutionary adaptation. It's not a dating course, but people who are interested in dating buy my course because there's so many beautiful women in my content. And so because of that, there's no one else who competes in what we do. There's a couple of guys who try. They're, they're like pickup artists, like social circle guys. Like what, it's, it's kind of like what he was teaching before, but it's a little different because we have a leadership course, a, a military leadership course, and we have an entrepreneurship section. So it's a little different, whereas there's a little piece of it that's like old PUA social circle stuff that's in there. But our, our, our total market is, is that we don't have any competitors. And that was another thing that we did that was, that was very different. We have a different niche than anyone else. Dude, I, I love that. I think that's incredible. So 
If people do want to learn more from you, where's the best place for them to go? So, yeah, there's no excuse. All of you guys right now should join our free school server. Any one of you who's interested in any of the stuff that we're talking about, if you write me on Instagram, go on uh, Michael Sartain on Instagram, and we will give. I'll give you access. I'll send you because. The, the URL is a little complicated, so we're just going to copy and paste and give you access to the free school server. In the free school server is the 30 book book list that is required for Men of Action, a free course that has the first four steps of Men of Action. Also, uh, we, step number one in, in Men of Action is fix your fucking Instagram. And so 30 perfectly curated Instagrams are going to be given there for you. And then a schedule of all the free stuff, including this call that we're doing right now, links to every single podcast I do is all going to be in our free school server, plus the thousand guys that are in there that will help you with any of the questions that you have. Dude, that's freaking awesome. All right, so we finish up every episode by asking, what is something that smart businesses do? So in your words, smart businesses? Uh, I think you should be willing to take, listen, you guys live in a country where a man was fucking a porn star while his wife was pregnant and you still elected him president and you're worried about posting shit. You live in a country where a decathlete transitioned to a woman, ran into somebody, <laughs> killed them, ran into another person and was named woman of the year four months later and you're worried about posting a fucking meme. Get over yourself and just post more stuff. So many of you are, unless you are literally working in a child care unit or you have a top secret government clearance, no one gives a fuck about what you post. No one will ever care that about what you posted. You need to get over that and give yourself permission to take more chances. It, like, I just don't know why you keep saying, again, Grant Cardone, love the guy. He's a fucking Scientologist now. He's saying crazy shit and people don't care. They're still listening to him and buying him stuff, buying his stuff. He'll, he's a billionaire now. These people who are taking chances are winning. Those of you who are trying to, you're just worried about every single second of the stuff that you post on a video that got 22 views. No one cares. You really have to blow it out of the water because everyone else is doing it. So give yourself permission. That would be, that would be the main thing I would say. Give yourself permission to say what it, what it is that you want and don't worry about screwing up. Dude, I love that. Like I said, if you're interested in learning more about the other podcast guests that we have and everything we do, and you'd like to maybe see some of our processes, check out thesmartblueprint.com forward slash gift, where we give away a number of PDFs to help you with sales, processes, systems, and so much more in your company. It's completely free. Just go check it out. Uh, let's hear it from Mike Sartain. Thank you so much. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.